There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. We've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, Centauri and I were joined by Travis Rudevsky. Travis is the proprietor of Sip Coffee and Beer House, as well as Sip Coffee and Beer Garage. We had a great conversation that went from the marriage between coffee and beer to the importance of local business to entrepreneurship and competing against Starbucks. You can find more information about Travis and about Sip at sipcoffeeandbeerhouse.com. You'll also find some information about um, everything in the show notes. Encourage you to check it out because they are definitely cool places. Thanks as always for listening and remember to tell a friend. That's enough about that. Let's go. Well, let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. So we have Centauri Minor, lover of safe spaces, <laughs> and my good friend Travis Radevsky, creator of really, really, really cool places. How are you, Travis? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So as we talked a little bit about in the introduction, Travis is the proprietor of Sip Coffee and Beer House, as well as Sip Coffee and Beer Garage. Both exceptionally cool places. I know that I grew up in northern Minnesota going to coffee shops because when you're 16 in northern Minnesota, there's not too what many places can you do? that you can what go and can you do? McDonald's, right? That's where we hung out. Yeah, you can go smoke cigarettes in Perkins or, uh, or find some kind of a coffee shop. How did you uh, get the idea of starting Sip? Uh, I grew up in the uh, in the bar business. My, uh, my mom and stepdad, who I grew up with, owned a and still do on a little uh, dive bar in a tiny town called Elwood City, Pennsylvania. So I've been in the business, uh, or been in or around the business my whole life. My dad owns a, a sports bar in Wheeling, West Virginia. Spent a lot of years working there as well. So once, uh, just kind of been in my blood. Um, but my parents were adamant about me not opening a bar. Don't do it. <laughs> when I get older, just because of the, uh, the stress that it entails and the long hours and all that stuff. So I, I uh, I kind of wanted to listen to him, but I did and I didn't. And uh, and then later on in life, as uh, coffee became another just passion of mine, right along with beer, I thought of the idea of opening a coffee shop. At the time, uh, right then was when the kind of craft beer craze was going on too. Um, and I was getting into it just as much as anybody else was. So I thought, what the hell, let's see if we can marry the two together. Yeah. Cheers. And how long, is, how long has that been? Uh, Sip House in Old Town opened in 2014, uh, February, I think, of 2014. And then we recently opened the garage in Phoenix, uh, November of 2015. Uh, so I haven't been around it too long. Uh, Almost three, three years, Three now. years, yeah, yeah. It's gone, it's gone by pretty quick, that's for sure. Yeah. And what you've expected? Is it what you expected? Is it way harder, way easier? A little bit of... Um, I think it's what I expected. Um, it's definitely way harder and um, no money, <laughs> but you know, following our passion, I guess, if you want to call it that. But uh, uh, I, I love it. I'll continue to open more if I get the opportunity. That's for sure. Because I do, I do think it's fun. I mean, there's a the uh, positives far outweigh the negatives. That's for sure. Yeah. So you've been um, 
both locations are really, really cool spaces. How intentional were you in choosing that, especially the garage? Yeah, uh, both of them. So um, at that time in my life, uh, which five, six years ago or so, my wife and I really got into kind of becoming pickers and going around and visiting local yard sales and kind of doing all these different things. And that was right at the time when we were starting the construction or starting the thought process of, of SIP and what it would look like. Uh, so we really got into that phase of just kind of finding junk and putting it together or, or things that are ugly that, that you think aren't. Um, so when we when we first started the con to look for the concept, we wanted to find an original space. We uh, That's something that's still true to us, and hopefully going forward we continue to do that. But we're not we're not we're looking for something unique something that we can bring back that once had a pretty cool existence so the first spot uh was an old knitting uh sold knitting uh products out of it uh that was the last place it was and it looked like a house and uh, when we found that we we wanted to preserve as much of the building as we possibly could so we tried to touch the building as little as we possibly could there were some amazing wood floors in there that when I first walked into the building, that's the whole reason I wanted it was for those wood floors. Unfortunately, we had to pull them up, but uh, oh, they were these cricket old things. Yeah. But it's all over. It's all it's all over SIP. Every single board we pulled up is in SIP. Our bar is made out of it. The outside feature that's, was made out of it. So, so you did some good so repurposing. We, we repurposed as okay. much of it as we possibly can. We didn't touch the outside of the building. We really wanted to pay homage to, to the woman who ran that shop for so many years. It was such a cool building. So we just tried to uh, change it a little bit. And then what we did for the inside was uh, exactly uh, what I was talking about my wife and I. We were just kind of became pickers and we went all around Arizona just finding cool pieces of furniture. We hand built the tables are in there from, from trees and, 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 uh, and Ponderosa. So it was really some cool, uh, some cool life that came to that shop uh, for sure. We had a lot of time to do it. We took our time and kind of tried to make it as unique as possible. And then the Indian school location. So the Indian schools, uh, is a little different. It's not as unique inside. Um, but we were able to find another building, which was an Avis lube station. For years, 20, 20 years now or so, it had been sitting vacant for a couple of years, but it was this uh, lube station. The only reason I know that isn't so much about it because so many people have come in uh, to, the, to the garage and outside. You see my oil changed here. Right. We have photos of the manager that was there for like 20-something years. He coming into place. So um, the, as soon as I saw it, the, the second I walked into that building, I wanted it. It was just so unique. I haven't seen anyone do anything like it before. Uh, with all the glass and, and all the, the, you know, it's very industrial inside. So we kind of got away from our first uh, build that uh, was so cozy and small. We kind of bring all the furniture in. This one's kind of bigger and brighter. So we just kind of want to stick with that industrial look of it. Again, pay homage to the building uh, and keep it as, as original as it was too. I think <clears throat> when I think about cool environments, I, I think that music is such an important part of that. How do you choose the music for? Yeah, we uh, there's there's a lot of battles that go on that. We actually have a list behind the thing that are certain certain genres or people you can't play. Uh, what, but that's you to, you, who's on that list. Uh, I'm not I'm not even going to say you, that you list. Grab, pro you probably grab your iPod. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, there was just, I just, my, my genre was like anything late 70s because it just, it, uh, most of it was Leonard Skinner or anything like that, which I love, but yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that's too good for a coffee shop. There's different scenes. Now that's just, you know, live music is, is obviously different, but this is just the music we play on a, on a daily basis. But we try to, you know, we try to mix it up with not, especially during the day, it's usually pretty packed in there and most people are, on their computers, so we're trying to keep it a little calm and soothing in a there. Mellow. A little mellow, but that's why I say no, no, seven, right. <laughs> some late seventies rock music. But uh, we pretty much keep it all open. Uh, we we have hip hop Fridays there, which is kind of fun. But uh, 
people yell at us for swearing uh, for the music because <laughs> they're really? swearing on there. Yeah, it happens so much. <laughs> so you I'm talk, surprised. You talked a little bit about um, it being packed during the day. Tell us how, what is your clientele. So if it's someone that's gonna not like swearing, t- walk me a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just to back up a, a little bit, and we'll ju- and I'll get into that too. And I think you know, marrying coffee and beer is a, was a tough thing to do. It hasn't mm. been done successfully, as far as I know. Um, because they're just two different styles of people. They're, they're, they're a coffee drinker and they're spear drinkers and one's quiet or one's, it may not be quiet, but they're in there to be for, for a reason and they're trying to get things done and, and the beer drinker aspect of it. For the longest time, that just was hard to marry and it wasn't been over, hadn't been overdone successfully. I think because of the, the, what I call craft everything phase, not just craft beer, but craft coffee, craft food, all that kind of opened up a, a, a whole new genre of people in all of all ages that would be willing to make that sacrifice and sit in there for those exact reasons. Um, I think the hipster uh, craze mm-hmm. kind of part of that too. Um, and just people just enjoying what coffee is, and whether it's coffee, food, or beer, and kind of really learn about that. So I think it opened up that, that clientele that would allow those people who were in there during the day to not be offended by the same people who may be in there drinking a beer or being a little louder or, or not there to work, but there to have fun. Um, it's not for everybody, uh, but it's definitely working. Um, so I, you know, our mix, and we really pride ourselves on this, and it's part. It's on our websites. I mean, we we want to see everybody there, from a toddler to a grandparent. You know, someplace where you can come in and enjoy beer if you if you like to drink beer, if you like to drink beer, coffee or tea, but enjoy it in a fun environment where you don't feel that you're going to walk into there and potentially be offended or you know just you know just be loud or anything of the bar scene. We're trying to just kind of marry those two in, in a middle place and. You know, we're not ever trying to be a loud bar at night and flashy TVs or anything like that. We want to bring a, an environment where people can all hang out and enjoy some beer, music, whatever it is. Good company. And from my perspective on it, I, I think that you're being successful with that. There are certainly, again, I, I, I love me a good coffee shop. Um, certainly coffee shops that I'll walk into where I feel like I'm crazy overdressed and like I walk into the record skips and everybody kind of turns and looks <laughs> at me because um, it's either one, it's too heavy one, one, one direction or another, so I've always felt like you are hitting that sort of rhythm or balance between uh, both. So Yeah, we, we hope so. It seems like it's going pretty well. You know, we love to see, um, I, call, I call them souls and seats. Um, you know, one of the most important things for any business, especially a new business, is just to have souls and seats, just to have people in there and to look busy. It's a, it's a huge component of business. And that's the great thing about a lot of our customers. They're in there. Many of our customers, it is their home office, mm. um, and other people are just coming there every day to work and do everything, and they feel comfortable doing that, and we and we love that. That's the last thing we'd ever do is shy away from somebody who comes in there and hangs out for a few hours because, again, you're, you're, I want my business to look, I hope it's busy all the time, but looking business busy is just, is, is just a big opponent of that, I think, in this industry. From a revenue perspective, is it smart to have those folks that are in there all day and maybe yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, that you know, that, so there's there, there's two sides of, of the coffee and beer thing that are like the positive and negative. The, the you know the negative is you're basically open all day from seven to whenever you close, whatever mm-hmm. hour that is. Like usually most you know if you're a beer place, you know, open until eleven or twelve. So that's the downside of it. The upside of that is we you know in those other places where they have gaps throughout the day when there's a changing of a lunch and going to a dinner or a happy hour like that, they have these really big downtimes and we don't seem to have that You're as much because we're consistently busy. Obviously there's times where it dips, but there's usually just people in there. Uh, now, you know, and, and all of, it seems like 
you know, we've never had an issue. The people that come there to our places that know they're staying there and they're on a daily basis or you know, come in every day for three, four hours, they go out of their way to spend money. more money at our right. place than just to sit in there and have a cup of coffee. So, so activity in your your spots actually do translate into dollars. It does. Okay. It, it does. I mean, absolutely. You know, and there are other places on college campuses, thing like that, where that could be a little bit different. We right. you know we don't have a location there. Um, we would love to see just more and more people coming through and order, you know, just counter service and going and hanging out. So, I mean, there's, um, th there's an upside to it for sure. You know, right. we just don't ever, we, it seems like the people truly, even in our old town location where parking is pretty limited, are, mm -hmm. the people that come there all the time park further and further away, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they're going to, they're going to give it to other customers who don't come there all the time or just trying to get it out of there. I mean, they're, they're really respectful. So. It's a great part of the business for sure. You mentioned um, the craft everything phase. What do you think has driven craft beer, craft coffee? What has made that happen? Because it seems to be ubiquitous. Like it's everywhere. It, it, it is everywhere. And I think it's just the, uh, it's it's our thirst for knowledge and to kind of learn about, you know, I don't think it was ever presented to us before, especially, you know, George, where you're from or where, you know, where I'm small towns. I mean, you just never, you don't get exposed to those types of thing. I mean, there's always small businesses, but you never really learn about it until you get to the big cities and see what the impact it can truly make uh, on people. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think people now are just getting into this where they want to know what, what the ingredients of their beer is. They want to know what the ingredients of their food are, where it came from. Uh, so I just think it's a, it, it's, a, it's a thirst for knowledge when it comes to that kind of aspect, especially with the younger generations. Mm -hmm. I think we can see it a lot more. Yeah. I say we as in younger, but, you know, <clears throat> right. 40s young, right? I don't know. <laughs> You're only as old as your internal organs, Travis. So, <laughs> Thanks. I, I think that's those a good are, thing. Those are 80, right? <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm 160 years old, <laughs> technically speaking. Well, I, thirst for knowledge, I'll, I think that that certainly makes sense. Here in, in Arizona, we've experienced so much development, and it seems like wherever you're driving, it's big box store after big box store after big box store and they keep putting these places up but I don't know that that's what people want I think that people want to support local business is that I, I hope you're right I, I, I hope they do I, I mean I really think they do I think it, it, it is still something that doesn't have huge penetration uh, it just comes as an education piece but there's a lot of a lot of people that don't know what support local means and what it means to the community and the money that comes back into it uh, and that's not a bad thing. They just maybe have not been exposed mm -hmm. to it. I agree with you, buddy. I when I see somebody pull in, and I have nothing against any Starbucks or any big box store. That's not bad. Like when I see somebody pull into Red Lobster or just Starbucks, mm. I'm thinking, why in the <laughs> world would you go there when you got all these options around you? It's no, it's. I mean, there's. It's not more expensive. I mean, the people know that they go into these local spots. They're usually cheaper than some of these other places. So uh, what would you say to push back from folks that say, you know, I like Starbucks because it's consistent. I can go one Starbucks in South Phoenix, the same as North Scottsdale. I know what I want. I know what I like. It's convenient. They're everywhere. So how do you combat that? Yeah, and that's, go vocal? that is tough. And they, I mean, they are, they are convenient. It really is. And it's a, it's something we battle all the time. And I, you know, I just think, again, it's kind of an educational piece and just kind of talking to them, uh, not about just the product, but about what it does mean to their to their bottom dollar and to their, I mean, it comes down to jobs. It comes down to, I mean, there's a lot of it that comes down to just supporting local. Um, and the other thing is too, it's education piece of like telling them what the difference in coffee is. A lot of people, and we get it constantly. And that is a, that's a fight. You don't really want to fight. It's almost impossible to win. 
we get people come in our place all the time and think that our coffee is the worst coffee, coffee they've ever tasted because they've only ever had a Starbucks type right. coffee. And they don't know what a, a, a boutique coffee shop, I'm not just saying our coffee shop in general, but anyone, you know, any of the smaller coffee shops, our coffee tastes way different. And it has to change in your palate because you know, we get people come in here and say, oh, your coffee has no taste. You know, and I, and I go to Starbucks and I think, you know, theirs has no taste, it, but it changes. Right. I used to drink our Starbucks you know, years ago, but as I continue to drink different coffees, you can really taste the differences. But again, I think it's just, you know, politely educating somebody if they're willing to listen about the difference in coffees and uh, the taste of them. And, um, so what would you tell someone that says, all right, I, I hear you. I like Starbucks, but I'm willing to try a local shop, but how do I do that? If my, if my routine only allows for me to go to places that I know and trust, how would you get someone to kind of segue into or like dip their toe into a sip? Yeah, it's, uh, that's a tough, we, we, uh, my partners and I talked about this at the beginning as we opened these two because it's really hard to get new customers from seven to nine o'clock in the morning because exactly what you said. Most people are in a hurry on their way to work and they don't want to break their routine and they really want to do it. Uh, it's a, it, it, you know, that's, I mean, it's almost impossible uh, to, to change that person's mind, uh, especially because, you know, usually a boutique coffee shop, you're getting out of the car and you're coming in and walking in. And mm -hmm. again, I think it's just the experience and, and Morning, maybe it's not going to happen, but you know, I, I would discuss and try to open their eyes to the experience of going into a small local coffee shop, just seeing the people. That's the whole reason why I wanted to open this place because I could just I could just hang out with people inside. You know, it's fun seeing all walks of life in there, especially when their computers are open and they're doing work or whatever. It's just so cool. Now I'd be walking around, people watching movies and stuff, which I mean, awesome too. And you just see all these different styles of people in there. Usually everyone is in there and knows that environment, feels good in that environment, and they're all talking and chatting up. I mean, it's a great place to find new business. Uh, George, you're there all the time, and I'm sure you've you've run up some business there too. I mean, so it's it's a really cool um, working environment. You know, friendly, mm -hmm. feel good about it. Where you know, I think you're going to find the exact opposite thing when you walk into a, a big box. I mean, you're going to find cold. You're going to find the un. You know. Somebody doesn't really care. I mean, you walk into one of our places or any of the cartels, the presses around here, I love to go to the mall too. And you're having a conversation with the person at the counter. They're really talking to you. I mean, it's for me, it's a fun environment. What do you think about um, the idea of, because you touched on this a little bit, but the idea of local coffee shops as kind of community hubs. So it seems like you are a community in and of itself, but how much are you driving folks to your locations to just be a community? Yeah, we, we, we actually... Partnered with a guy, and the, the app uh, ended up falling, which was, it was such a cool app. It was called uh, uh, Free Space, and it was basically like a like a Tinder for business people. But you could be sitting, anyone who had downloaded the app was sitting there. You could be sitting in the coffee, any coffee shop. Like, let's say there's a coffee shop of 100 people. Uh, you could be sitting there, and anyone around you who had the same app would be able to look and say, oh, George is in financing. Oh, that's cool. And you, know, and you were able to... You were able to put if you were wanted to be approached or didn't want to be approached. It was it was an awesome, awesome That's app. That's a really cool idea. I know it was an awesome app that they they went through some rounds of funding and then ultimately couldn't get it off the ground, which I think happens to a lot of these apps. Yep. I mean, there's so many of them, but uh, hmm. uh, but that was what that was one really cool way. And the other way we do it is you know through music and through bands and through games and different things. Yeah, I've gone to a couple of events. Here. Awesome, yeah. You know, it's we really we, cool. we tried to we have a we have an all women's comedy show on Mondays. We have. Once a month, we do a, a drink and draw event. Is that We're, funny? Yes, it is, George. Sorry, probably sorry. not as funny as it's <laughs> to be. You catch my drift. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, we're constantly doing you know different community events to try to bring everybody in there. Today we're doing uh, a huge toy drive at the garage. Uh, I'm going there from here, so uh, we're, we're constantly trying to involve the community and get our word about us you know out there as well. You do see a lot of uh, these co-working type spaces, like a lot. I don't know if you have a sense of how many have popped up, but I bet there's a dozen in town or in yeah. Phoenix. Um, and sort of going back to not wanting sort of a corporate environment, more laid back, more social. Yeah, it's a, a, a pod. There's a bunch of them that are they're popping up everywhere. I mean, again, I mean, it's such a cool idea. Even I've even noticing in high, like even in some of the the big box office buildings now. Um, Regional, it's called regional or something. I forget, but basically, it's a it's a co working space. Regis, Regis, Regis right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've been in a couple of meetings at those places. I, you know, what a cool trend that our community is thinking more about community and bringing spaces together. So I mean, I think it's just it's it's just awesome. It's more education for everybody out there. Uh, I'm sure there's proven you know that it's that it's creative uh, that it creates more creativity when you're in a space with a bunch of bunch of big brains talking to one another. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned uh, Cartel and some others. How much are you talking to what would be conceived or perceived as competitors about the, the industry? Yeah, um, I, I, I visit them all. I talk to them all. I love hanging out in there. I, I, I honestly, I mean, I guess it'd be kind of cool if we said I knew of a ref or something between coffee houses, but um, everybody is so supportive. We, uh, we just hosted a, a latte art throwdown. Uh, a couple months that uh, kind of rotates around through all the coffee shops. So that's probably about the most uh, you know, competitive we'll get when we kind of do something like that. But um, Cartel is near and dear to my heart. Um, Jason Silberslag, who is the owner of the Cartel brand, uh, is my mentor. I walked into his coffee shop five years ago and asked him if he would help me open a coffee shop. And the guy uh, was couldn't have been more excited that's to, awesome. to help me. And that's he, awesome. uh, he hand-built a lot of the stuff that's at Sip, actually at both at the garage and at the house. Um, he helped us build both places. He told me everything there is about, you know, to know the, in, the ins and outs and the ups and downs of coffee. We use his beans at all of our locations. Uh, he's there all the time. Um, Peixoto Coffee and Chandler, another great house. Um, amazing. The woman's from uh, Columbia, I believe, and, and her father's there literally farming the beans. I mean, it's such a cool story. Um, but, you know, and then we got the presses that, you know, are a little bigger, which is awesome because they came from a small house at one point, too. So uh, I, I truly enjoy uh, going and hanging out. I just moved up north, and, and there's a little coffee shop there called Maverick Coffee uh, that not a lot of people know about. And I go in there and sit in there for hours. I, it's funny. I don't even – I can't even go to my shops anymore. <laughs> dude, dude, I opened them so I had a place to hang out. Now I can't even go to them because all I do yeah. is get – all I do is get bothered by people. <laughs> I can't get any work done. I can't get any work done. So when I'm trying to get my work done, which uh, I have a two-year-old son at home, and, and he's a little wild. So when I need peace and quiet, I go to a coffee house just right. like everybody else does. I just go to somebody else's so I can support local and spread the wealth. So uh, George and I are kind of in the same camp where we're kind of nomads. So I have an office, but I'm never there. So if I'm at a coffee shop or if I'm at, at Zip, your coffee shop, what can I do as someone that's going to be posted there for four hours and not feel guilty about being there for four <laughs> yeah. hours? Yeah, I mean, that that's awesome. I hope everyone thinks like that. Thanks for bringing it up. Maybe we'll get a little word out of there. But, you know, again, we like people in our shops at all times. We're never going to ask someone to leave to our shop at any time because we feel that they're not giving back to, to, our, to our bottom dollar. We want people in there. 
Now, if you want to spend a few extra bucks and get a pastry or buy a, buy a friend a beer or something like that, then obviously, uh, you know, we feel it's greatly appreciated. But just to allude back, we, all of our customers, they really do that. They know they're going to be posted up there, uh, you know, through a, a morning and a lunch shift. They're going to make sure they have breakfast and lunch while they're there. Um, and, uh, and we're really appreciative of it. Hopefully they enjoy it too. But um, yes, take up some space, buy your buddy a beer. That's good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Do you think that your bartenders or your staff judge folks that are doing more of the beer side at eleven o'clock in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <laughs> no, because the owner, <laughs> i.e., me, is usually there with the beer in front of them. That's good. To know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. We serve beer at seven o'clock in the morning, and there, there's. I mean, I'm sure we've all been there. We see it, <laughs> we see our own share of people that come in there that want to get a beer at seven a.m. Which uh, we actually made a joke year, uh, a few years ago my partner and I about getting a bell for anybody like and ringing it if somebody got a beer at 7 a.m. because, that. because awesome. all the, it's just mad respect there's <laughs> nothing that we are judging by the way <laughs> nothing Atari's going to be at your store tomorrow morning <laughs> with, yeah. with a bell I want this yeah. bell yeah like you give a big tip you're supposed to ring a bell no you order a beer at Ding. 7 a.m. you're getting a bell that's that's pretty funny I remember years ago when Starbucks only sold coffee Right, and that was it. Mm. And then they talked about putting food in there, and I don't know if it's true or not. But the uh, the 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 pushback was, well, the smell of the food is going to wreck the whole coffee smell. <laughs> and now, I mean, they it's like a grocery store yeah. when, when yeah, you yeah. go to a Starbucks, yeah. you can right? Get anything in a Starbucks, yeah. Like you can get a CD. Really? <laughs> yeah. You can still buy CDs there. <laughs> so you can buy food there. And now uh, there's a couple of the uh, the stores here locally that are are selling wine and beer um and i don't know to me i it, it, it feels very strange when i walk in there and i'm looking at cans of beer kind of stacked <laughs> up on top and so i don't know how you feel about that yeah i mean i just think you know i don't know what what their research was or why they'd even think to probably bring in there i mean maybe i'm sure they can make a few extra bucks but i mean there's not too many people that are going to go and that are going into starbucks thinking they're going to you know taste a good beer or catch a good buzz i don't know i haven't seen one have you been inside one yet that actually served yeah Marco, i haven't seen any yet i've, I've not there's the one at mccormick ranch okay. been in one in portland but not in yeah has it the one right across the street from sip old town that's there um they applied for license. They got denied. I, was, I, mean, I wanted to go over there and laugh in their face when that happened. <laughs> but again, that, 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 that whole polite thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, they got denied for whatever reason. So I don't know. That's been out for a little while now. I know they're probably it's a place. I don't know if it's successful or not. But uh, I guess they just wanted to add another little flavor to their, for their customers. Their quest for world domination continues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not hurting. There's, there's, <laughs> so, and I'm not... And I don't care. <laughs> I am um, actually not a coffee drinker. I drink iced tea every day, but never got into coffee. So for someone who is not in that scene, what is a good way for me to become a coffee drinker? Outside of drinking coffee or you just want to be in that to drink? No, I want to drink. Okay. I want to get into coffee, but I have no idea where to start. <laughs> well, um, oh boy. I mean, I would think the logical way is to, to start with light roasts. That's for sure. Um, mainly people in the craft coffee scene, uh, us included, cartel, um, only roast light, light roasts. Um, you know, the, the Starbucks of the world, I'm sure you heard it, you know, they, they use, they, they burn their beans extra, uh, because it saves their beans more time. It gives them more time. So uh, that's how that originally started. But uh, that's why they, their coffee has a much 
darker or burnt taste to, to some people. Um, uh, so they almost have to, right? Yeah, the yeah. Volume of yeah, exactly. And they, they, just, they just want to mask it all, and and everybody likes that. Um, so uh, the lighter roast, will, you know, won't be maybe as harsh for, for somebody who's never drank in any coffee. Um, the cold brew route is an awesome route uh, to do. The only the only thing I'd warn of there is cold brew is has much more caffeine than a regular coffee. Oh really? So are you drinking no caffeine whatsoever? Or just or iced tea, whatever's a nice tea. Oh, if, it has, if it has caffeine, you'll drink. Okay, then you're caffeine free. Uh, so cold brew is uh, is basically a, a form of iced coffee, um, but it's extracted over a 24 hour period in an ice bath and uh and it's makes it depend on whole, who's cold brew you're drinking um there are different levels of it but it kind of takes the acidity away from it um it's got a little chocolatey hint to it and it's served over ice and it's delicious now um but it's literally five times the oh wow caffeine of a, of a regular do you cup think of most people know that well, we I'm sure they <laughs> yeah. quickly figure most it out now <laughs> right cold brew, cold brew is is much more popular. It just became, you know, uh, Cartel has been brewing it for years. Um, uh, but, you know, the Starbucks of the world are now selling their own car- cold brew. So, you know, it's gone mainstream when people that lame actually pick it up too. But, wow. Um, that is impressive. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, everybody, you know, a lot of people have their own cold brews now. And um, it's, it's just a good addition to, into the coffee scene. Uh, but, yeah, most people now, because they've been drinking for long enough, know that they are a little higher octane. Okay. We saw... We sell it in, in 32 ounce jugs to go, and we make sure we tell everybody who takes don't do this who again. gets 32 <laughs> ounces do not drink that entire thing. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, I'm gonna circle back to that to encourage you how to get into coffee drinking. Cut out the Goo Goo Dolls, 100. Yeah. percent just just go cold turkey. I figured that that would get you into coffee drinking. Yeah, obviously it hasn't. It clearly has not done that for you. <laughs> I feel like Goo Goo Dolls are played often in coffee shops. That's interesting. What is the good? I what, oh that was what, I. What's the good song? Uh, Iris. Iris. Is that, that the Alfred the song? You don't know anything? No. There, Come on. There is no good song. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against the Goo Goo Dolls? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Where were you in the nineties? Not listening to the Goo Goo Dolls. Fair enough. <laughs> Apparently not in a Goo Goo Doll. Listening to Google Doll concert. Listening to Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out in coffee shops, man. Yeah, grunge. You, yeah. Wearing flannel. You weren't growing my hair long. Can we swear on this or no? Yes. Yeah, you weren't trying to get laid, obviously, at that point in time, right? <laughs> right. Right. The Google Dolls concert might yeah. be a better place to find it than the Nirvana concert. That, that, that's an excellent point. <laughs> that, that's where I was going wrong all the whole time. Yeah. That that was the problem. <laughs> so do you, do you feel like you are competing with Starbucks? Like no, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't I mean, think that, I don't think we're competing. I mean, we're two totally different business models. So no, I don't think we're competing with them. What my issues that I have with Starbucks, um, we're not getting a Starbucks sponsorship. Clearly, yeah, <laughs> that's out of there. Yeah. <laughs> my issue with Starbucks is just the, the fact. Uh, now, I've been told this a million times. So I can't say that I know if it's true. Actually, truly true. But um, the Starbucks going and did exactly you know doing exactly what they did at our first location, Old Town, when they find or hear of, or somebody finds and hears of a local coffee shop that's doing fairly well, they come and plant their ass right next to them. And it's exactly what happened um, at our location in Old Town. There wasn't a Starbucks there, and, and eight months later, there was a Starbucks there. Um, whether I, you know, And I've heard they do that all over the country. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. It's probably just more of a big box thing where you know they go in there, and they see anything successful, they want to try to eat up some of it. So, hey, 
mean, that's just my personal opinion. But, yeah. You know. Well, we were talking uh, before we're on the air how difficult it might be to acquire a new space should Starbucks want that space. I imagine they just have a bigger pocketbook, so yeah. they can outbid yeah, the, you. The biggest issue with that is, is um, for us, we, we lease our buildings, and a landlord is going to be much more inclined to lease to Starbucks than he is going to be inclined to Joe Schmo small business, because obviously uh, your risk goes way down when you're leasing to Starbucks. They're probably not going to close, and they're, not, they're definitely not going to run out of money. So that's a, that's a big issue, and you know, I mean, you know, me, I'm going to try to change people's mind. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fight for a space now. And I told my realtor that I'm like, get me in front of this guy. That's what I'm good at. I, I, I'm good at selling myself and my business. Let me get in front of him and tell him the importance of putting a sip coffee and beer there or a Starbucks. You know, that's that's me. That's my passion. I'm gonna be different. Maybe somebody else doesn't see it that way, but. I just think if I own that building, why would I want something unique or something that's going to bring character to a neighborhood, something that's going to give back to the community, somebody that's going to do stuff for local schools, all those kind of things that are a passion of ours, that SIP, as opposed to a Starbucks. Sorry, I'm going on the rant. That's what I just put in the email. To the, that's what I just put in the email to the guy. But, uh, you know, and I, I think I, I literally, my the building in, uh, in on Indian School, Davis Loop Station, the realtor there or the owner of that building did not want to lease, lease me that space. She had tons of other people interested in it, all of it being big box. And she was just very open and saying, I'm scared to rent it to you. I don't want to rent it to you because I know I'm going to get 10 years of rent from these guys and I don't know I'm going to get 10 years of rent from you. And through just bunch of, just a bunch of meetings and having her go have coffee at SIP and just you know explaining to her what I thought the value I would bring to that property as opposed to a big box, you know, yeah, I ended up getting it. So, I mean, I think you know, sometimes passion does work, I guess little bigger than a pocketbook. So you talked a little bit about community involvement and SIP being um, working with uh, local schools and nonprofits, and I know you have a fundraiser uh, here in a little bit. Tell me about why you've decided to do that. Yeah, again, it's just uh, everyone, uh, my wife's and mine and, uh, and everybody at SIP, it's just our passion we have for the community. And that's one of the reasons why we open it. Uh, and we want to do everything we can uh, to support our community, you know, we're, we're small business. We struggle with just like all other small businesses. So we can't right. do a, you know, we can't give a ton, but we try to do everything we possibly can. Right. We give, we do food as much as we possibly can. We're constantly giving away free coffee. As a matter of fact, at both our locations, if anyone comes in and asks for coffee and they don't have money, they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, you know, we just, you know, we do everything we can. Whether it's just, you know, donating to to a baseball to a baseball team down the street or whatever it is we're just trying to give up uh, give out as much as we possibly can and and do our part like everybody else does and it's a, this is a cool time for Arizona man I, mean, I think the community's feel is coming way back we're getting a lot of small businesses you see new business open up every day it's cool to see it all back, come back together in a small town that's all you see you know when you come out to something like this you don't see it that much anymore so it's trying to trying to bring community back to a big town so how, how often do you get to talk to uh, some of your most loyal customers, and what are, what is the feedback you hear? So something that you see in a SIP every day, what are you hearing from them? Um, you know, uh, uh, you know the people we see there every day, and I see them every day and talk to them every day, and you know, you know, we just the cool thing about that is we just sit down and talk about nothing, you know, whatever we want to talk right. about. You just you talk about politics, you talk about aliens, you talk about whatever we want. You know, I mean, right, that's right, the cool right. thing about that environment. 
uh, you know, it gets heated sometimes or it's just a fun environment. That's the cool thing too. Sometimes it starts with coffee and ends with beer. Yeah, the story's even getting awesome. better, which, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, you know, you know you hear, you know, if you hear praise, that's even all the better because obviously you created it for that, you know, for the person that's sitting at that coffee table or at that bar. That's why you created it to give somebody a space to come in and feel welcome. And so that's obviously feels good um, to to me and our family at SIP. Do you think each of the big neighborhoods in Phoenix, so whether it's East Valley, West Valley, North or South Phoenix, has a kind of a SIP in their community? Or do you think that there needs to be more intention behind making that happen? I, I, I mean, I think I think there are versions of SIP in every community right okay, now. Good. You know, especially in Phoenix. Yeah, That's I mean, wonderful. downtown Phoenix is they're they're so far ahead of the game where everybody else, uh, with just the the cool and unique coffee shops and restaurants and bars that are down there. Uh, there's a little more you can do down there, even with the exterior and stuff too. Right. So that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody, I was, I was just looking at space in Chandler. I mean, Chandler's blown up. We all know what Gilbert's doing right now. And almost all those places, um, are small businesses. I mean, there are, there's a big push right now with even landowners too, that to purposely lease to small business as opposed you know, other people, they want to go the safe route and then more power to them. It's a scary world. So I'm not going to, not going to bash on them for that. But for probably just many people want to go the safe route. There's just many people want to bring all local shops in. It's just, I mean, we see it constantly going on. I mean, there's, you know, this whole city is just blowing up everywhere. And you uh, actually just talked about the downtown scene, um, and there's just uh, been an article today, and by the time this airs, this would be true, but Joe Bot Coffee is closing. How hard is it to sustain this model? It's tough. I mean, it, it, it's, thankfully, I, I, I work a full-time job on top of all these jobs. Oh, I work gotcha. a full-time job, so no, gotcha. I, have, I, you know, I have an extra means of income. Um, I, I truly feel for the people that, that try to do it as an only means of income. You know, it, it's tough. There's not a lot of money in it. I can tell you that much. I mean, these are, you know, to use a lack of better term, these are passion products, uh, pro- projects for a lot of, for a lot of people. So don't open a sip to get rich. You're not going to open a sip <laughs> to get rich. No way. You open, you open, uh, whatever it is, you open it because you, you know, you feel good about it. It's your passion. You kind of want to do that. And that's, you know, I, I hope to you know, work out my later years of my life just hanging out in these coffee shops. But um, they are very hard to run. It's not just, you know, you got to bring a good product. You have to have staff. That's not easy. You have to make money. I mean, so, I mean it's, it's a very difficult business to sustain, that's for sure. Mm. And now the coffee business is even more cutthroat because it's so saturated. There is a lot of coffee shops, man, especially in downtown Phoenix. I thought that's where you were leading me. Like, are you going to go downtown Phoenix? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of scared to go down there. There's so, all right, there's a coffee shop on every block, a small, a, a local shop too, you know, and that's a whole other side of it too. Uh, a great part of this community. I look in Chandler, we were looking at Chandler and we, you know, we discussed, we, we're not going to go to Chandler because Peixoto's there and it's a small town. I don't want to go step on their feet, man. They're, they're, they're an awesome business and they're producing awesome coffee. And last thing I want to do is go in there and do a dick move and put my place right next to theirs. I'm right. not saying I put them out of business, but why do I even want to hurt their business? Sure. Right. Uh, and I, I'm sure a lot of people think that way too. So that's a, that's another cool part about this scene. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So biggest lessons you've learned as an entrepreneur over the past three, four years. Wow. Um, man, I still got so much more to learn. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, 
managing employees is probably the most difficult piece. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I bet. Whenever yeah. there's people involved, it gets harder. Yeah, you know, and you don't know, and and I just have a, you know, I'm far from a management person. Uh, I've had a boss my whole life, and uh, so no, I don't you know. I'm, I'm just trying to learn how to do that, and and I feel I'm a pretty nice guy, and I, I don't have a really bad. I don't have too much of a mean side of me, so I probably suck as a manager because <laughs> I don't yell at anybody. I don't know, but. Um, that, I think that's it. Just managing managing people is very difficult. There's awesome highs to it, and then there's some lows to it, and, mm -hmm. and everything in between that. But that that's that's the thing that uh, is is definitely the hardest of it. What I've learned the most, and what's still, and what I have the most to learn. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, one of the people that we'll bring on in a couple of episodes is Jonathan Cottrell, who does uh, Love and Startups. So his big thing is just kind of marrying uh, marrying passion and the startup uh, the startup world but tell us a little bit about what would be the one thing that you would uh, you would have wanted to know before opening up a business um, well I mean I feel that I knew so much of it mostly negative from my, <laughs> from my parents. Well, family and one yeah. day, right? I you know what's given me the most heartache over these years it's like I'm gonna say this I I, I wish I and I thought it in I guess I thought I was okay with it. I wish I had known it takes more money than it actually does. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I knew I was going to need more money than I anticipated, but uh, just the, you know, even getting it open, um, both of my locations, I did not open with enough money in the bank. Mm -hmm. I, you know, what, at the end of the day, after the builds went too far over and all, all these different things, I still figured, okay, I need X amount of dollars to run the day to day. And, uh, and that was not the case. So that just gives, heavy stress, um, you know, waking up every, thankfully we're not there anymore, but, um, you know, waking up each morning, making sure that, or not making, seeing how many checks bounced or, you know, because there wasn't enough money in the account. That, that's a, that's a pretty miserable way to sleep for, a, for a few months when you do that. So my next one I open, I'm going to say this now, it probably won't happen. I hope I have some extra money in the bank, <laughs> up enough to, to sustain a daily, you know, the daily figures to run it. But, I say that now, but I'm sure the build will go over and I'll be out of money again. <laughs> and my final question, and we'll talk about this with Jonathan more, but his whole thing is that, you know, being married to an entrepreneur is a very hard thing. So how is your wife taking having someone that owns two businesses? She, <laughs> she, uh, she opened the first one. She has a, she was in the hospitality restaurant business or the career or field, her whole career. Uh, her degree is in, in hospitality restaurant tourism. Oh. Uh, so she's been around it. She's out of it now. She opened uh, Sip Scottsdale. Um, I think when we finally opened the door, she was four months pregnant, uh, and she and she opened it and worked up until the end. Um, she's kind of away from it right now as she as she's raising our little boy, but she's gonna get back into it once he gets back into school. Um, but she's okay with it. You know what? I mean, I, you know, I. I don't want this thing. I don't want this interview to come across as at all negative. Uh, maybe I'm saying some negative things or anything, but I think it's we honest. love it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I'm going home. I have an amazing business partner. What I didn't, what who I didn't ma uh, mention either, and he he carries a lot of the brunt. He's a lot younger than I am, and and uh, and he runs both of those places. So I'm in them all the time, and, I, and I'm there every day. Uh, and I obviously bring some of that stress home from time to time, but uh, all in all. It probably just made our relationship better, man. We have fun. It's just those those places are really cool. Get to bring our friends there. Get to go have coffee there. So, I got I got nothing bad to say about them, and I'm obviously dumb enough to 
be opening a third one. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm still enjoying it. Nice. <clears throat> That's awesome. So if somebody's listening to this and they say, you know what, Travis seems like a cool guy. It seems like a good concept. Encourage them just to stop by. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's exactly what I do. I just, uh, you know, I'd ask them to come in and, and check out our spot. Uh, our Old Town One is a really cool, unique space. Much, it's really different, uh, just because everything in there is kind of handpicked and all those, uh, you know, it's uh, perfectly ugly. We call it uh, totally unique space, but uh, that's a great place to come in and hang out with uh, the tourists in Old Town and, and our location in Arcadia is a little different. We got a drive-through, which uh, I'd like to everybody to know because. Uh, we do have a drive-through uh, that operates all day long, and we got a full kitchen in that one. So, um, again, two just totally unique, different spaces. Here's some really good music. We kind of pride ourselves on playing our music a little louder. It's on our website. Just <laughs> warning people, it's going to be a little louder in there. But uh, um, everybody seems to kind of dig that too. And listen to some good music. We have live music five days a week, uh, all day long on Saturdays and Sundays. Awesome. Wonderful. Satari, anything else, sir? No, I think I got all my questions answered. Thanks for coming, Travis. Thank you, guys. That was fun. That definitely was a lot of fun. And you will find all the information about SIP in the show notes. Um, so do go check it out. The place is awesome. I can uh, vouch for both locations. So if you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the show and tell a friend. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. <laughs>